Hi, everyone. Welcome to Lumin Fidei, your podcast to help you discover new ideas about the life of a Catholic. And this is Milena, and I have with me... Carolyn. And Mark. And we would like to thank everyone that has been listening to us for the last couple of months in our great journey uh, through our life as a Catholic. And I have to say that I've been very grateful to have Caroline and Mark with me, because every time that we prepare to bring these episodes to you guys, we learn more about our faith and our God and our uh, the rituals that we have and why we do them. That is making, at least in our side of things, is making us also uh, learn more and push us further in our capability to be more empathetic, uh, more loving towards each other and try to keep that message going. And hopefully we're being good witnesses for people that are listening to this. Mm-hmm. I know for me, I really look forward to recording these episodes with you and just delving more into the faith it, it challenges me it really does yeah. so I hope you actually are subscribing to our channel or you can go to our website luminfidet.com as well to catch up with any of the freebies that we have there for you so don't forget about that so what did you do? I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't stop pushing me. So I pushed him so hard, he fell down. And that's why you were punished. Did you expect something different? But even Torah says eye for eye. Why should I be punished too? Yes, but that is for a judge. You were hardly in a court of law. And you, all of you, are to be special. You are to act differently than others. You tell us to be gentle, but Rabbi Josiah said Messiah would lead us against the Romans, that he would be a great military leader. It is important to respect your teachers and honor your parents. And Rabbi Josiah is a smart man, but many times smart men lack wisdom. Is there anything in scripture that says Messiah will be a great military leader? There are many things about scripture that you cannot understand yet. And that is okay. That is fine. You have many years ahead of you. And God does not reveal all things at once. But children, what if many of the things that our people think about how we are to behave and how we are to treat one another are wrong? You want things to be fair. When someone wrongs you, you want to right it. And you know who else loves justice? But what does the Lord say in the law of Moses about justice and vengeance? The vengeance is mine. Yes, very good. Very good. Boys, pay attention. She doesn't even go to Torah class, huh? <laughs> the Lord loves justice. But maybe it is not ours to handle. And God says he will have compassion on his people when... What? Let's see if someone who studies this at school is learning, huh? Hmm? When their strength is gone? Yes, very good. So, maybe we let God provide the justice. Hmm? Maybe we handle these things in a different way, not trying to be the strongest all the time. Even Messiah? You will have to see. But do not expect Messiah to arrive in Jerusalem on a tall horse carrying weapons. 
and he will be most pleased with those of you who are the peacemakers. This is my reason for being here. I still don't understand. What is your reason for being here? I'm telling you this because even though you are children and the elders in your life have lived longer, many times adults need the faith of children. And if you hold on to this faith really tightly, someday soon, you will understand all of what I am saying to you. But you ask an important question, Abigail. What is my reason for being here? And the answer is for all of you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah. Isaiah, I have loved spending this time with you. You are all so very special. And I hope that my next students ask the same questions you do and that they listen to my answers. But I suspect they do not have the understanding you do. And I hope that when the time comes, they will tell others about me, like you have. with the episode 9 that is being quite a journey where it's almost an episode 10 but not yet and we're gonna actually go back again to review a couple of episodes of the chosen TV sh TV series that we've been reviewing and today we're gonna be introducing episode 3 and episode 4 episode 3 being Jesus loves the little children that basically is the introduction that you just had right now listening to to Jesus talking to these children around him and let's start with that one. The next episode will be The Rocking, which is built upon. And it's a little bit more about Peter's story. So about episode three, I wanted to start about Jesus loves the little children on how the, the love for Jesus of the new of, of the new generation, who was coming, right? And how easy it was for the kids to learn about these difficult concepts. Right. And understanding them. And these kids probably were between six years old to maybe nine or ten. And there were a couple of girls in the mix. And obviously, as a Jewish kid, you used to go to to Jewish school, like Catholic school type of Sunday school yeah. idea. But the girls, actually, one of the things that I learned in the episode is that the girls were not allowed to go into the the learnings right so that was a very big change because in the same conversation that we just hear there's the little girl that was like me i can answer that question right and then obviously jesus uh, is like i hope you know the other guys that are going to school they actually should be answering these questions but coming up to the episode uh, this is actually a, a one of my favorite episodes because it talks about 
the, the new generation of Christians that we will have, right? As well as how Jesus was a little bit the behind the scenes of Jesus, on how he, before he started his apostolic road or journey, he actually um, was reckoning, you know, was in the cities checking out the different people there or trying to, you know, journey around to see, well, what kind of people am I going to encounter? Who's going to be coming along with me? I picture him, well, he was camping outside in the river and that's when he gets to meet this beautiful girl and then the friendship starts from there. And I recall back to that passage of let the kids come closer to me. A beautiful, beautiful episode. I'm very, as a catechist myself, transformational on the message that I want to provide the kids for sure. But I would like to hear, because I've been talking a lot as per usual, about both Mark and you, what are the favorite parts of this episode? Wow. Um, I have to admit, when I first started watching it, I didn't know which character was Jesus. Like, they don't say, this is Jesus. They just show this guy camping in the woods. The, uh, to be honest, it was to me, it was a little bit, I'm, I'm thinking modern, you wouldn't let your daughter anywhere near a stranger camping in the woods. So I, I was I was expecting it to take a Hollywood turn and to be gruesome and, and be horrible. Um and in one way, I think it's kind of neat that the little girl doesn't instantly go, oh, Jesus, and then go run up to him. She's cautious. She's apprehensive. And even with her little, as his little brother or whoever's with her, um, they're, they're timid. And, and Jesus doesn't go, hey, come on over here. He lets them, he, he, obviously he knows they're there, and he just waits for them, just like he waits for us. And I thought that was kind of a nice way to set that up. And like you're saying, it's, it's the beginning of the transformation. Mm-hmm. which I thought was really powerful. Mm-hmm. Kids have a special way to, they have a special grace to absorb these transcendental truths mm-hmm. that we as adults, we think we're so smart and intellectual and rational and you know, questioning. They, they, some, somehow they just get it. <laughs> they have something that we don't have anymore <laughs> that just allows Christ to enter their hearts in such a, in a special way. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're so busy putting up barricades so that we don't get hurt. Yeah. And so that it's like, again, my filters went up immediately. Oh, this is going to be creepy. But the little kids go, oh, it's just he's just a nice man. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was funny. I, I, you're talking about how kids just get it. Um, several years back, I'm walking, I, I work at the hospital. I'm walking down the, the hallway in the basement. And this mother and her daughter are walking toward me. And... You know, not not. I don't know them from a hole in the ground. They don't know me. The little girl comes up and gives me a big hug. Oh, I thought, wow, <laughs> like she knew I needed a hug. It was just awesome. That and her mother didn't, you know, do, just just ran with it. I thought that was the kids. They know. Mm-hmm. So it, it's sometimes they're wiser than we are. What what is to say that kids and drunks they say the truth? No. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> it must be that purity of heart that they can just let Christ in. And that's where we're called to be childlike, not childish, but childlike. Childlike. Yeah. In yes. our trust with Jesus. Well, and it's the same as that. It's not like ignorance is a bliss. It's like, it's, it's just that, you know, you're not tainted with, I guess I think about Adam and Eve and when they recognize good from bad, that was, that was basically what took them down. And then I think about these kids and they're still like trying to rationalize good and bad. They don't know yet. You know, you need to be patient. There's a different way to communicate with them. But I, I really, really got something out of it of 
Jesus was talking to them as a normal human being, these kids. They, he was not dumbing down the content. He was not making it funny. Nothing like that. So as a catechist myself too, I say, I look at our curriculum, right? And I think about are we dumbing down a lot of our content? Uh, and I had an experience uh, a couple of weeks ago with a very bad Zoom class in catechism. Imagine that, trying to teach grade three. Um, so there was like little horrible chaos. <laughs> and then I turned it around and I watched this episode and I, I had a great conversation just talking about heaven, about um, purgatory and about hell. Just about those three topics that they were based from our grade three catechist book, but just trying to question them, you know, bring out those questions. And maybe in the last episode, we talk about non-believers yep. trying to ask those questions, right? So it's the same with the kids instead of trying to thumb down the content or say, well, no, or no, you cannot ask that question because that's not right. No, there's a reason why they're asking that question and try to understand it and trying to explain that. Yeah, and we've seen, is it, it's Nicodemus, right? We've seen him teaching oh, yes. um, with everyone else gathered around him. And it's the same that we see with Jesus, with the little kids gathered around him. That's an interesting juxtaposition. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, anyways, I, I wish my, my every time that my students ask me those questions, like Jesus said to them in the intro clip, I hope my future pupils or uh, students are as curious as you are. I was like, wow, you know, it is true. He must, even as a Jesus, as God, he, he still, he doesn't know because it's about free will yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. right? It's our choice to follow him or not. Yeah. <laughs> and to trust that the adventure, that it'll be exciting, that the more questions you ask, the more you realize, oh, I don't actually know this, or you learn something new and then God will reveal a certain aspect of the faith to you or a different type of grace or charism. And then it expands, right? You're never going to be disappointed when you come to him. He's not going to give you an answer. It'll either be something that you wrestle with and you keep wrestling with, but that's part of the adventure too. It's not going to be something that's dull and uninspiring. That would be the watered-down catechism, Catholicism yes. that we talked about. <laughs> and I think that's where we've gone wrong in Canada is we've made it too accessible. We say, oh, you're a nice person, so you're, you're okay. Well, no, that's not what Jesus asked us to be nice no. people. Yeah. In fact, he's kind of asked the, not the opposite, but to challenge. And, yeah. and there was a, a passage of the Bible that I read recently about how I forgot and I should have wrote it down. I have to get better at those things. But they were, we were talking about uh, how as different roles that we take in, your level of responsibility is different. You know, as a, as a judge in, in the times of before, you know, David or anything like that, your role was very different, but people didn't know how to behave to because we don't know, right? We're human beings. We're learning. Yeah. It's not like there's a mold that they make perfect every time and the new generation is coming out better than the last one before. No, we always start from zero. <laughs> but uh, coming back to the theme, it, it was just making sure that when we're moving along this road, um, we don't know what we're going to encounter and we need to be open to those calls or to those signs or to those little signs that God might be sending you that you're very close-minded about it. So it's the same with the kids. The kids, like you said, they have that openness to see things that you don't see. They're more curious about it. And I think we lost our curiosity for sure. It's interesting that you started this topic of conversation with 
the preface of being a catechist, because in a sense, we're all catechists and we're all evangelists, right? I remember when I was, I don't know, I was in my teens and I was, I was teaching catechism. I don't think I really knew very much, right? I knew some of the basics, maybe some of those Bible stories. If I were to have started now, like I would be very intimidated to think that, oh, I have to teach everything and it has to be perfect and I need to know all the answers. <laughs> God doesn't ask that as, exactly. of us, right? Like we have that responsibility, as you mentioned, Melina, mm-hmm. of forming ourselves and then sharing that with others. And by doing that, you know, we will also grow. But just this idea of, oh, I can't evangelize because, you know, insert whatever excuse you want. That's not acceptable. Like, we are challenged to share the gospel. We have to have a reason for the hope in us and just to not be intimidated. Like the three of us, you know, we're all involved in catechism. None of us are perfect. We're obviously on this journey. We're on this journey together. We're learning together. There's so many things we're discovering. You know, we all probably received a level of watered down Catholicism. And in a sense, we're all relearning, right? And the more we learn, the more excited and zealous we can be. And we want to share that with with each other and with all of our listeners as well. I mean, I, I think there's just a, a, a hint of encouragement as well if we can share that with other other Catholics that, like, be not afraid when sharing the gospel. Find whatever it is that Christ is inspiring you to and then just share it because you never know, you know, what kind of a fire that will ignite, ignite in the other person or your kids. You don't have to be a catechist, but maybe... Maybe God's calling you to that too. Like, don't yeah. be afraid to accept that. And I think part of that is thinking that we have to be perfect before we can teach, I think is symptomatic of we don't believe that it's on me to be the perfect Catholic. Well, you can't be the perfect Catholic. Accept that. And if you're a Catholic, you should have the faith to say, okay. If the Holy Spirit wants me to say this to this person and for it to have an effect, the Holy Spirit will do that. And nothing you can say in your own head is going to be as effective as that. Mm-hmm. I listen to this podcast, uh, Catholic Stuff You Should Know, and very often they're all young priests. And they, they very often talk about how when they're doing their gospel, they can tell when it's not them talking. Well, they're talking, but when they're inspired. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like they're robots. No, they're when they're inspired. That, that that conversation came out a lot more powerfully than what they wrote down. Same words, but just it had the resonance with the people. And I think that's what we have to be aware of is that it's not about us. And we were talking last last podcast about uh, heaven, hell, and purgatory. And people keep thinking that you get sent to, to, purg- to hell. Well, no, you don't. You walk there. You choose to go there. And that's something we have to start understanding that it's – that's where we're. That's where we are in control. Is which are we facing away or are we facing toward God? Mm-hmm. And once we get that sorted out, everything else gets easier. Because with God, we can accomplish anything. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Pray to the Holy Spirit every day. I mean, you will not be disappointed by how He <laughs> appears in your life. It's like praying the litany of humility. I've never been so humiliated in my life than the month that I prayed that every day. Oh, boy. <laughs> but pray to the Holy Spirit uh-huh. that you encounter the people you're supposed to encounter. And sure enough, it'll be those people that irritate you and irk you. <laughs> and you just know that, okay, God, this is for a reason, right? God's yeah. providence will shine through. And you'll catch yourself saying things that, oh, wow, I didn't know, you know, like, where did that kind of come from? I mean, I've had lots of conversations where I've been praying kind of 
as I was talking to that person or in preparing to speak to that person, the conversations turned out way differently than I could have ever imagined for the good. Yes, definitely. That's something that always I think, and I tell that to the kids, it's like pray to the Holy Spirit every time that you're, you know, well, every day, but you know, when you're going to school and you need to study, that he guides you, right? That he puts you the right set of mind to learn this content, you know, or, or like maybe you're going to have a good presentation or a test. You know what I used to do? I told them, I used to pray to the Holy Spirit before a test and every time he helped me out. <laughs> I know he's dominant down maybe that one, but I, I, when I was a little girl, dad make me, you know, pray every time before a test. You know, I just take a minute with my paper and I will do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that helped or not, but for me, it's just a peace of mind that maybe some people will take it as a meditation. Yeah. But that you're consciously facing toward God. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter what you're doing is you've made the choice I'm letting God in mm-hmm. versus, oh, I can do this test by myself, which is facing away. And I guess it comes back to that fear. And maybe yeah. the little girls, like, it was great how you, your analogy at the beginning of the little girl, she wasn't sure or anything, but her, her fear, you know, was, she was afraid, but, you know, not really. And even if she wanted the opportunity to steal her, his food, Jesus' food, she, he, she didn't. And Jesus, Jesus recognized it. You know, thank you for not taking my food. Yeah. Would you like some? Oh, my gosh. That's just beautiful, right? Like something good. That was the little call, right? Like she knew it. Like it was that moment. It's like, should I do this or not? No, let me not do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those are the small moments that I think the Holy Spirit is guiding you and saying, do this versus the other one. You know it. You know it on your gut. Yeah. When And I, I can see these young priests that they they... They say they can feel when they're they're full of the spirit, yeah. right? They just it's just it tingles in a different way. I don't know. <laughs> it's interesting. I'd forgotten about that little scene with the girl and the food. When I think about that, I think about virtue and the habits that you build by doing all those little tiny good acts. Right? Yeah. You're never going to be able to do anything through God's grace greater than those small acts if you don't practice. You can't do the big without doing the little, the day-to-day grit of prayer, reading the Bible, going to Mass on Sundays. If we want to be saints, we have to commit to doing those. Yeah. It is amazing because, you know, I've been guilty of that. Sometimes you go to Mass and then after you go into the car and somebody cuts you off and you're like, oh! (laughs) And you're like, okay, Melina, I just came back from Mass, right? But it it is every day and it's presented to us. (laughs) How we react towards other people as well. (laughs) And I think you'll find that if you do... If you can be more attentive to those small daily acts of virtue, Christ is going to start asking bigger things from you, right? Mm-hmm. And that challenge, those are the, the exciting parts of life, right? Yeah. It may not be what you expect. You can't do that marathon if you're still crawling. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to, every day, you have to get up on your legs and, and start walking. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think of, like we talk a lot about how kids are, every generation says, oh, these kids, this, these young people are so so horrible. <laughs> but I think to myself, like, my kids are 15 and 17, soon to be 16 and 18. And I didn't start today developing a relationship with them. I started 18, 19 yeah. years ago because I started forming myself to be a dad. And then, okay. And 
far from perfect, but there's little moments that, that okay, uh, we went for, my daughter and I went for drives the other day, and it was stupid late at night. She likes going for drives late at night, and I was super tired. So I said, you know, Lauren, I'm not safe to drive right now. I'm just going to take a little bit of a nap. So she, she very patiently, let me catch a few winks, but she laid, she laid her head on my shoulder. You know, she's 17. Like, what 17-year-old wants to be seen in public with their dad? Well, here she's, you know, she's, she's saying, Dad, I love you, without saying I love you. Yeah. And she didn't know, but that made me just the happiest dad. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, you remind me about in Mexico, 15, 15-year-old parties. They were a thing down there, you know. So I was, I think, 13, going to 14, going to my first disco party and it's like wow right at the first heels and all these things but i remember my dad dropping me off at the entrance perfect and he was gonna pick me up at midnight like cinderella (laughs) 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 and and i remember he was waiting for me outside of the disco and i was like the first reaction was like embarrassment right but you know something there was something that and i I recall that the small virtue not saying that it's perfect but i i recall saying you know, how many dads, they come over and they pick up their daughter. As, and he always puts his arm to put the arm around his arm, you know, like the old way. He's very fashionable that way. Or, or he will put your hand here in, in, the, yeah. in, your, in your arm. So he will guide you. So I just put it up. I said, you had a good time. Yes, but puppy, you know, <laughs> see puppy. And, but I, I was still struggling with that embarrassment, but it was just a couple of steps with him that he gave me that strength. Oh, the love uh, of a father. Oh, I know. And I was so appreciated to God that I remember that very well because I say, you know, I didn't let what other people would think or say do something for my dad that will hurt him, right? So I, I appreciate that. And I still remember. It's one of those memories that I will probably, hopefully, have for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know? And you wonder how many of your peers who maybe say, oh, well, my dad, the old man, you know, all that. Yeah. But when they see you and your dad, they go, they recognize that as a good thing. Yeah. And whether they say, I wish I had that or whatever, who knows? But... It is a good thing. And it's that little little seed of witness. Yeah. It's that. So let's move on to the episode four now, the rock on which is, it is built. And this is, uh, uh, you know, it's getting interesting, this series yeah, of Chosen. Tension. You know, <laughs> it's kind of like you're building up to the, we're going into, I always tell, I teach a storytelling, a storytelling at school. And you go, always go through the curve of picking, you know, so I can see the story picking towards that middle chapter and something is going to happen, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's really incredible this episode as um, we will play a little bit of a clip for you uh, about the message, the parable, the first parable that Jesus starts talking. Uh, and it's when he encounters Peter and Andrew, his brother, after a long night of um, trying to gather some fish. But uh, let's start, you know, uh, Peter is, uh, we, well, we get to introduce to Simon uh, and Andrew, his brother as well, and fishermen, and they're the struggles of being in this Roman uh, governed state. 
and paying taxes, paying taxes and paying taxes, right? The Romans needed more money to pay the military to go into all these conquests. But uh, there is coming from the Jewish people and the Jewish people get really angry at the tax collectors that we previously talked about. And Simon Peter is really struggling because both of them, Simon and Andrew brothers, they owe a lot of money. So he makes a deal with Quintus to betray his his fellow Phil, brother, fellow cousins, yeah. right? They were yeah. the, they were his cousins to to kind of get away with this. Uh, so I'm I'm going to ask you maybe Look, uh, this episode, Mark. And that's one of the things I like about the episode is it doesn't. Again, they're not characters; they're real people. That hey, Peter Simon was horribly in debt. He was going to lose not only his boats but his house. And back then, there was no welfare. There was no safety net. That meant they'd be on the streets begging. And probably his wife would have to do even worse because that's just the, the soldiers would take advantage of the situation. So it's it's um, they make it very real. And I think like when you're praying the rosary, you're trying to imagine the life of Jesus. And this, I think, really drives it home that these are real people and that Jesus wasn't just uh, – a two-dimensional character walking through. He was walking through these people and they're in their real life struggles. Mm -hmm. And it blows me away, with, and maybe I'm ruining the story, but when they walk away from that load of fish, like Peter was a, a businessman. He, he, I gather he had more than the one boat. Like he had a, he was kind of the, the, the top dog of that company. And he walked away from that. That was like a fortune. Would have mm -hmm. paid off his house. Now, the one thing it doesn't say in the Bible, it doesn't say that he has his buddies actually harvest the fish and presumably sell it and pay it off. Mm -hmm. But that's that's not made clear in the Bible. But it, it, it kind of makes sense is that that would happen. And I don't think it made them walking away from it any easier. No. But they still, they walked away from it. Come follow me. And they did. Yeah. And I guess you see it also on the excitement of, well, throughout the episode, right? Uh, we started seeing more the character development on the ways of Matthew, right? Trying to, hey, you know, Peter is now doing this. He goes to Quintus and tries to throw him under the bus, right? <laughs> so he's like, well, if you don't believe him, then follow him. You know, bring me some proof then that, you know, if he doesn't pay, he knows what's going to happen. Quintus is just like, whatever, right? But you can see also starting the Quintus trying to respect Matthew, even in his oddness and his weirdness. You know, yeah. he, he sees a different perspective from him. And he's, you know, even just you're a Jew, but you're making very good choices for me. You know, yeah, I'm going to let you go, right? So you can see that in the future, He's going to suffer maybe for Matthew leaving him behind when we get to that episode, if that's the season or not, right? Mm -hmm. But Caroline, you haven't talked about mm, it. Been... You guys have raised some interesting points. I guess just the last one that I was thinking about is how Christ calls each person individually in such a way that is so unique to, to their life and their troubles and their character and their heart, right? Yeah. And I think that's something we need to reflect on as, as Catholics. How is Christ calling me? And what are the gifts, or what are the maybe the longings in my heart that he wants to fulfill that I am too afraid to ask him or I've been too hurt and I don't want to ask him for? Um, you know, or you're afraid that if you ask, he'll answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like you said, Mark, come follow me. 
very simple phrase, very hard to do. Can you walk away from all of that? And for most of us, it's not going to mean leaving our families and our jobs and our money and selling everything, going to a convent. For most of us, it's going to be... They won't let me in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're still called to that detachment from everything, all the distractions of the world. And that can be, it could be your job. It could be money. It could be some of your possessions. It could be certain emotions that you're, you're stuck on, or maybe vices. Yeah. You know, there's, there's lots that, uh, lots of healing our hearts need. And we often don't pay attention to that, to that call, but Christ is there calling us every moment of every day and always for, for our good. And it makes me think about the Pharisees now, like what you're saying, because I think they're being called John the Baptist is here, right? And he's causing trouble. <laughs> I love it. His trouble is coming. But one of the things about it is, is Nicodemus, right? Being, he's the one that starts making a different choice mm-hmm. because he sees those signs. He's open for that. And even yeah. he's a great teacher. Well, like, he's like the top dog. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like he's teaching the, teacher the future. Yeah, so he he he's actually open. It's like wow, this is what we're been we're been seeking. He can you can see it on his acting, the feeling uh, that he's gonna struggle for a, believing this way. Yeah, and you can see the Pharisees now already throwing the oh John the Baptist. He's just causing trouble and the close minded They see the politics of it. Not the yes. faith of it, but but Nicodemus sees, and I, that I think was really powerful. That it's a, it's, it's indication of the strength of his faith that he can question it. Yes, exactly, and not being afraid of questioning that yeah. one. I think that's that's why we we get into trouble sometimes, and maybe we're also afraid of connecting, you know, because we're not so strong of those answers that we're seeking because we don't know yet. We're trying to sink. Uh, and then we have other people that they're challenging our faith at all times for small things, even the small behaviors or, you know, choosing one A versus B, you know, smallest daily life scenarios that I think about, well, how is, how are, are we reacting as well or taking the, the entire picture like that little frame that they were talking about? What is your thread along the way? Mm-hmm. Right. And hopefully it kind of guides you through. Anyways, there's so many moments in that in this episode that I really enjoy. But Peter's transformation, yeah. you know, well, when I when you see him, these first Time four episodes, is. you know, I really relate to him. He, you know, he's impetuous. He says dumb things. He does dumb things. I he's know, very eh? much thinking for himself and worried about all these worldly things, right? Um, but there's also part of him. You know, he's fishing on Shabbat, and he, he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I think of well, maybe like Sunday Mass. How many people, how many of us think, you know, I should be going to church, but I'm, I don't, I'm, we're dispensed right now till May 23rd. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it, right? Or I really got to mow the lawn. Or yeah. maybe Fish Fridays. We just finished Lent. No more Fish Fridays for 50 days. <laughs> but how many of us really stuck to that promise of, oh, it's Friday. I really need to make this sacrifice to the Lord. I'm abstaining from meat or I'm fasting or whatever our Lenten promises were. Were we, were we faithful to them? Yeah. Right? Did we, did we stick with them? Like, this is the, these are all the, the things that feed our encounter with Christ and fill our, our hearts spiritually, our hearts and our souls. 
can we be faithful to them, right? Or, I mean, that that tension is is going to be there for each person in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, for Simon, it's it's the fishing on Shabbat and his money troubles, and for us, there's that's going to be in our life in some way, whether it's getting ourselves to mass or giving up something, some sort of vice that's really bad in our lives, or maybe actually being responsible for our prayer lives or reading the Bible every day. You know, there's always some way we can improve. I That was really touching. And so far, I've really enjoyed his character. I mean, he's very charismatic too. Oh, yes. He's hard not to like, but well, at the same time, he's so frustrating because he reminds me of myself. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see the, like I say, character development. They're doing great in mm-hmm. each, the little bits that you have of information of who they are or how they grow. But uh, one of the things at the end, because he just, was like his faith was down the drain, you know, after that night of fishing with his cousins, you know, even the cousins, he was throwing them under the bus. They went to help him out. That was awesome of them. And it's, it's the introduction of Johnson James. And well, we already see them, but they're getting that bond together. And, but coming off that boat and then Jesus is like, come over. Can I get your, you know, your boat? So I, I, when I read that passage in the Bible, the first time I couldn't picture it very well because I'm like, how are they going to get into the boat so that I can hear them better? But I guess the wind will carry the sound different ways. So well, but over a lake, the water, yeah. the voice carries a lot. Exactly. Yeah. So I, uh, so, but then he's like, okay, well, I'm listening to you. What else do I have to lose? That frustration. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the parable of the introduction. Right. So he's gathering, you know, gather the nets and throw them, you know, and he's like the fisherman. They will split the fishes, the good ones from the bad ones so that they can sell in the market and the other ones are garbage and that's how angels are going to be in heaven so at the same time when peter was listening to these i was thinking about his apostolic life the star of those four characters right the big jobs that the four characters are oh, going to have the responsibilities yeah. that they'll have later on. <laughs> oh my gosh i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because mm-hmm. uh, you know john portrays a very different role as an apostle of Jesus after he's dead as well and during his death for sure right so and Peter obviously Simon that is still Simon he's not (laughs) Peter yet but Simon he's gonna be playing a future very strong role but you see his character I think about Peter and he's if you're gonna become that leader in the future uh, you know he has certain characteristics of that leader that he's gonna become, but they're rough. It's like a rough diamond. Yeah. I think that Jesus is seeing these rough diamonds, and he's like, "I need to polish them through the, these weeks that I'm gonna be with with yeah. them." All well, that daily virtue and prayer. Yeah, and, that's um, how he makes us. Yes. Yeah, and it's the he doesn't call the qualified. Yeah. And that's what he's doing. He's qualifying Simon. He's saying, "Okay, Simon." You're that rough diamond. I got to grind off this bump here, grind off that bump there, and, or better yet, it's 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 Peter grinding off his own bumps because yeah. he's saying, "Okay, God, I'm going to follow you." And he's admitting, you know, I'm a sinful man. I don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And know? he has strong people around him too, like his wife. Yeah, I mean, even his brother. Like they all have different relationships. With him, with Christ, like, I really like how Andrew is like, that's the guy I told you about. Yeah. Right? I, I love it. Who would I, I, I would have been Peter, like, oh, who's this guy, right? <laughs> Coming say. over to take over my boat. Like, this is my livelihood. It's, Jesus just, he interrupts. Jesus, this is the guy that they're going to die for. Yeah. Be martyred for. Spend the rest of their lives preaching about sharing the good news. 
I mean, obviously, they didn't know that when they first saw Jesus. Yeah. I thought it was so powerful when Simon's wife said, this is the man that I, that I, I see. He sees what I see. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I just, it just, that, that I think it was one of the most moving parts of that is that, I mean, we're supposed to be, when we're married, we're supposed to be a unit. And <laughs> we get caught based, up based, in our own things, Simon. Yeah, yeah, based on my own experience, I'm like, that's not how it was in my life. Uh, but here, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. And I think that's one of the neat things about this whole series is that it's almost like they're giving us permission to recognize that we're not perfect. Yes, definitely. Which I think that's the, the real power of it is that it's it's well the humanity that with humans yeah. and Jesus, uh, you know, he became a human God. Mm-hmm. To empathize with us at the mm-hmm. end of the day. To yeah, empath- to divinize our humanity. To understand what we were going yeah. through, the right? The same as us in all things but sin. Yeah. And put yourself in other person's shoes, right? Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about Holy Week on the Gethsemane Garden, right? It's like Jesus is asking, please, you know, if you can take it away, take it away from me. I heard an interesting explanation about that. Uh-huh. Where um, Jesus wasn't asking for the cup to pass him by, the divine part. But it was no. the human part saying, yes. I don't want to do this. I want to stay alive. The body Everything, is weak. Yeah, the, the body is weak. It's, it wants to keep its, fun, its, its functioning. Yeah. And it recognized that, no, I'm going, I'm going to die. I heard that too. It must have been on the formed the Augustan Institute thing. Could have been, yeah. Or, the Bible conference? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah that's, that's right. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's what we yeah. all watched it. It was just <laughs> phenomenal. I really I know. enjoyed it. Yeah. No, I, I, one of the things that I, you know, I really have enjoyed in the last, obviously, throughout recording these episodes and these sessions, you know, we've been sharing other resources that we have. And in some ways, COVID has helped develop better material for us to connect as Catholics mm-hmm. to. Right to get in different avenues, different good, good qualified like fact check content. It's not YouTube, you know, non fact checked that <laughs> conspiracy theories or people that they're interpreting their own way that they don't know anything about it. I'm well, sorry. if you want conspiracy theories, maybe I'm maybe I'm just being mean. You know, no, no, no. Sorry, you know. But one of the things is that having these different avenues, you know, whether it's you know um, ascension or whether it's form. Whether it's the Catholic, what is uh, the, the talk show? Yeah. The talk show. It, we have great content available for us that is is the same need that you you kind of like thirsting a little bit more. You you do your dues, or if you want to call it that way, but it's not like doing your dues. You uh, people always say, "Oh, you feel bad because you don't pray or you don't go to church or things." So it's it's not like. Oh, mi culpa, mi culpa, or my fault, my fault. It's not like Catholics were like that. It's just that we want to be better for him. That's mm-hmm. where it's coming from. It's, it's, it's we feel full when, when we do these things and we see the change and the transformation. And it's not happening all the time. You know, sometimes, some days it's horrible. But if you remember, okay, you know, Holy Spirit guide me through this difficult mm-hmm. time. The hand is lent to you for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, let's finish now with the final piece of this episode. That is the parable. <clears throat> excuse me, the parable of the of the fishes uh, and the ending of how Peter really, really is disturbed and not believing that he was cold, right? <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it sparks a little bit of curiosity on your end. If you have any questions, please, you know. Uh, Caroline knows very well the speech. I'm going to pass it to her. <laughs> awesome. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at uh, lupinfide, no, at patriot. <laughs> there we go. You set me up. I know. <laughs> In my pride, I fall. <laughs> Email us at patreon at lumenfide.com. We really would love to hear from you. Any questions, comments could be about this episode, any of the other episodes, if you have a suggestion. We have some really, we've been talking about some really neat episodes coming up. Of course, it's the year of St. Joseph, so we're not going to forget about him. But yeah, shoot us an email. Um, check out our website as well. And we hope to talk to you and hear from you soon. Yeah. Yes. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Talk to you later. Simon. It's him. Excuse me. That's him, Simon. That's him. No time for this, Andrew. It's him. Simon, it's the man. John said he's here. Right now. May I ask a favor? I'm teaching these people, and apparently they're having trouble hearing me. If I could stand on your boat, that would be helpful. They're having trouble hearing you, huh? Yes, yes, of course. Please, please, stand on the boat. Thank you. I need to go. I'm sorry. No time for this today. Stay a few moments longer. I have something for you. For me? Uh, I'm in a hurry. Yes, I know. Just allow me a few moments. I'm Jesus. Thanks for this. Simon. My last moments with you. I want to share another story. Because I'm on this boat, my final parable should be about fishing, yes? Simon, please send me that net. This net gathers fish. All kinds of fish, yes? Yes. All kinds of fish. And the kingdom of heaven is like what happens next. After the net is full, Simon and the others draw it to the shore, sit down, and sort out the fish. The good fish go into the barrels, the bad fish thrown away. So it will be at the end of the age. Angels will come and separate the evil from the righteous and throw them into a fiery furnace. Do you understand? These parables I tell make sense to some, not to others. Be patient. That is all for today. I have some business to attend to with my new friend. Put that down for a catch. A little farther out. Uh, I don't have a quarrel with you, teacher. But we've been doing this all night. Nothing.
All right. That's your word. and the baptizer. <laughs> you are the Lamb of God, yes? I am. Depart from me. I am a sinful man. You don't know who I am and the things I've done. Don't be afraid, Simon. I'm sorry. We, we've waited for you for so long. We believe. But my faith, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lift up your head, fisherman. Anything you ask, I will do. Follow me. Fish are nothing. You have much bigger things ahead of you, Simon, son of Jonah. Did you understand that parable I told earlier? From now on, I will make you fishers of men. You are to gather as many as possible, all kinds. I will sort them out later. 